Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisler Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Hey, fans, listeners, followers, and haters of the Wretched Hive podcast, it's Steve here, flying solo tonight to uh, to talk some solo and some other Star Wars topics with a friend of the show, a new friend of the show, Mark Morita, who is a docent, among other things, at Rancho Obi-Wan in beautiful Petaluma, California. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm, I'm thrilled. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. Dude, I can't tell you how excited I am to have this conversation because um, I visited Rancho Obi-Wan. I had the pleasure of meeting you up at the ranch a few weeks ago, about a month ago, for a boys trip. It was me and two of my friends for my 50th birthday, actually. And you happened to be our docent on that tour. And I halfway through the tour, one of my buddies leads over and goes, you know, you really should have him on the show. <laughs> so, oh, oh. yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, that was probably one of my, my favorite tours that I've, I've or my favorite day at Rancho. I mean, we, I mean, I think, I, I don't know if you heard, but I had a, I had a tour before you hmm. and we were, I was giving a tour um, to a bunch of foster kids. And um, so that was like, they had absolutely no clue about Star Wars. Like, I think they were calling him Dark Vader. <laughs> oh, but that's awesome, though. You take the foster oh, kids in. So it's like an hour, and then, and then like, and then our tour went pretty deep. I think it went oh. almost, like, three, maybe three and a half, four hours. So, I mean, that was a great day. Yeah, we so. walked, we didn't leave there until almost six o'clock. So it was like three and a half hours. That was a long tour for you. Yeah. It was fun. Yes. Incredible. I mean, the longer, the better, right? <laughs> More time around Rancho Obi-Wan, the better for sure. Um, wow. Where do I begin, Mark? Um, let's, I, I would like to get to know you and I want our, our listeners to get to know you a little bit. Talk, if you wouldn't mind, just um, what's the genesis of your Star Wars fandom? How long have you been a fan and why do you love Star Wars as much as you do? Well, um, I was born in Lucas Valley, California. Um, I'm born and raised in Marin County, and so um, I live. Uh, I, my, my family home is still maybe a 15 minute drive from Skywalker Ranch. Wow! Um, so it was always kind of this place where you just you wish you could be there, and you never were. Um, it yeah. was just and uh, a magical time, and just uh, you know, growing up in the late 70s and early 80s, and um, having friends that were just huge Star Wars fans, and um, so that's kind of how it started. And then, you know, like all things, you know, life kind of moves on, and you find different interests. And you know, while I was still interested in Star Wars, I think um, my fandom kind of diminished. Um, I think what really kind of got me more excited about it was when, um, like, the Power of the Force line came out. Yeah, um, college. And I started collecting again, so that was exciting. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, just being stoked about special editions and, you know, George Lucas sightings in the, in the, you know, in my hometown and those kinds of stories. So oh, that's, that's kind of. 
Um, that's awesome. Let me let, let me pause you there because that's a lot to unpack right there. So you're you grew up 15 minutes from Skywalker Ranch. What first of all, setting aside the Skywalker Ranch part, what a beautiful part of the state to grow up in. It's it's gorgeous. Yeah, we were really lucky. You know, um, I think we we got into Marin just at that right time where it wasn't you know um, just you know millionaires living next to millionaire. <laughs> right. Right. Right middle class kind of um, great times but uh yeah it was it was a really incredible time to, to be living in Marin work in the same age bracket I have a feeling I'm a little bit older than you but we uh we had the dark times right we we had those you know I don't know 13 to 15 years with with like nothing right yeah between yeah, like you know, after was, Jedi you know, after Jedi just absolutely nothing you know except droids um, <laughs> and the Ewok movies Oh god! Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, I remember watching them and everything, but just yeah, there's it just didn't hold anybody's attention. I think yeah. And so, um, so yeah, it really. I, I think um, a friend of mine in college kind of got me back into collecting, which was great. And then we'd make huge long trips to the Walmart or Target or whatever was close by. Oh yeah, uh, just to kind of you know go through it, um, and then even being stoked about like those. Like they were on roids, right? Those Power of the Force figures. <laughs> oh yeah, the the uh, was it the shirtless Palpatine? That's like just. Pal- and I remember Han being really big too. They must have had the same upper body mold because they were just like Hulk, like Hulked out. I think uh, Steve Sansweet coined the term like monkey face Leia. <laughs> that's right. Right. So <laughs> yes. But, uh, oh, like, terrible super- mold about it and just like i'm buying those things i do not care so yeah so and then that just kind of got me interested and then you know just you know my the group of friends that i had weren't necessarily big star wars fans so it was like who do i communicate with how do i how do i talk about my fandom and right and kind of went away and then and now it's back like vengeance yeah like a vengeance i was gonna say so so you mentioned the re-releases that so the uh that was in 97 so how old were you when the re-releases hit just to help me gauge your your age a little bit 97 that would make me 93 i think i was probably i was like 22 okay all right so we're almost the same age like very close i was born in 68 so i'm a child of the 60s yeah yeah so wait I was 18 and so 97 yeah 22 okay okay so yeah same same age bracket so if so with that with the dark times we had during that time I remember thinking like I would see a shape that like sort of looked like an x-wing or like sort of looked like the falcon or vader's helmet or something I'm like oh star wars and then I'd be all disappointed because it, it, it ended up of course not being it but did you experience that as well like were you did you feel like you were starved for a while yeah, you know, I think, um, I mean, I remember during the dark times where it was, it was the dark times, but we still had um, an opportunity to to be creative with it. And mm-hmm. I mean, I never really got super involved with expanded universe or anything, but um, but this was the age where your parents had, you know, video cameras, oh, yeah. and you had your and you had your action figures still in your box or whatever, and you're underneath your bed, and so. I remember doing all kinds of like Super 8 videos with my friends and made Star Wars movies. And, oh, like, that's you know, awesome. Taking the Falcon to hyperspace with a bottle of Aquanet and a lighter. You know? 
<laughs> That's cool. So did you, uh, so that the JJ Abrams, uh, uh, clip they did, I think it was for celebration where they showed him making the, it's, it's a dramatization, right? But they show him in the backyard with a super eight camera. And so that must've really like spoken yeah. to you. It was like, you know, I mean, I think, um, during the dark times, you know, I kind of, that, that's when I kind of stepped more into like comic books and yeah. reading a lot of like, you know, uh, getting involved with like Todd McFarlane, Spy- Amazing Spider-Man and, mm. uh, getting involved with, you know, um, Batman year one and, you know, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. And so kind of changing my, you know, my nerdiness into more comics during that time. And, but, uh, but Star Wars was always there, you know, it's never yeah. going to go away. So I got to ask you really quick before we get more into the Star Wars. Um, so you go DC or Marvel? You know, um, that's kind of really gone away. I mean, I think if, if I'm thinking, you know, what did, what was I really like hooked on? It was probably, I mean, like the Batman you okay. know, um, that, that kind of series, uh, you know, um, like I got, kind of got hooked in, into Batman and, and Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns, Killing Joke, those kinds of, um, those, those graphic novels back then. Those were the ones that kind of hooked me back then. But I did love those, like that run when Todd McFarlane was with Amazing from like, what was it like comic 298s to like the 300s? That that was that was an incredible time uh, for, you know, at least for the artistry of um, of Spider Man. I was super stoked on that. I need to connect you with the other guys in the Hive because I am not a comic book guy. I'm a straight up Star Wars guy. I have a lot of appreciation okay. for it. In fact, they just made me buy on that trip that I went up to Petaluma and met you. They made me buy the Dark Knight Returns uh, graphic novel, so I own it and I've just started reading it. It's fun. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the beginning. It's the genesis of all things uh, Batman and what's happening now, and like you know, with all the films that are coming out now. So yeah, yeah. All right. So the re-releases happen, and that was a big moment for all of us. And then the dark times kind of continued until right around 2012. Something happened in 2012. Oh yeah, that's right. Disney bought Star Wars, bought Lucasfilm. And so how was that for you? Were you like excited about that or what were you, where was your star Wars fandom at that point? I mean, you know, like, I think, I think like everybody, you were pretty skeptical, right? You know, you never really, you just kind of felt like they were just going to put, you know, Mickey ears on everything. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah. You know, but I was excited because I knew the money was there and I knew that they were going to, you know, you know, they're not going to, you know, um, they're not going to make crap. They're going to make Good. And so um, I think uh, George was probably tired at that time and knew that he wanted to be done and move on to something else. And, yeah. you know, $4 billion will make you make <laughs> so. No doubt about it. So uh, you said at some point you got back into collecting. And I see we were talking a little bit before we started the show about your uh, your Lego collection. I see some Lego sets behind you there. So what got you into collecting? And specifically, we've got a lot of fans of the show that, that are into the Lego. So talk about your collecting and, and why Lego in particular. Um, well, I took a trip to Chicago um, one time with my sister in – I think I started collecting Lego in 2005, um, and I haven't stopped. Uh, so – uh, yeah, we just stepped into the Lego store one day, and there was the the the, the Ultimate Collector Series Yoda, mm. this little guy right here. Mm-hmm. And 
sister and I looked at it and I was like, yeah, maybe. And my sister bought it for me, um, and it's just on now. So now it's like I'm building as much as I can. There's certain things that like I try to avoid. Like I don't go into the pre, I don't dip my foot into the prequels when it comes to building because that would just be crazy. Okay. Um, I won't go makers, um, but I will. You know, I'm I'm pretty much OT, but. Uh, I'll dip into other things as well, you know, like if, if it's something that's incredible, like the Kessel Run, I think, is my Father's Day gift. You know, like <laughs> nice. Now, do you not dip into the waters of the prequel trilogy because you don't like the prequels or because you just, it's like too much, like you go in too deep and, you know, have to mortgage your house? No, I think the answer is yes to both. Those weren't really my jam. Um, but, and, um, and it's just, yeah, it would be bananas. Like I have to stop. Uh, <laughs> right. It's tough when you have to budget, you know, it's like where you actually have Lego within yeah. your budget. That's <laughs> that's a line item budget in the Marita household. Totally is. <laughs> Love you know? it. And so we've, we've made those, um, those decisions. And so like now my, my collection is kind of ever evolving and, um, you know, now I'm moving into more like buying displays. Um, so like getting Lego displays that have like, you know, that are like target shelves and stuff and grabbing those. Um, and then like, um, like I'm really into color. So Mm. like, for example, here, so I made this, little my my chicken walker right here oh that's awesome uh, so you know i'm trying to make them as colorful as possible but you know oh, i don't think cool. the viewers can actually see what i'm talking about but that's kind of what i do so what that looked like was a, a really very realistic looking lego style of course it's made out of legos a, a chicken walker like an atst and now you've got but it's in multiple colors now you've got a uh, slave one there that's the slave really cool. Wonder is what we the call the slave it. wonder. <laughs> now you said you mentioned Father's Day. Um, uh, how many kids do you have? I'm a single. A I, s- I just one. <laughs> oh man, you're in the minors. I've got three, my friend. There's no way. <laughs> now, do you play Legos with your with your son? With my daughter. Oh, yes. your daughter. Sorry. Okay. Act like that's what we did before we went to bed. We were making uh, Lego birdhouses. So. Yeah, so yeah, she's a huge Star Wars fan. She's um, a massive Lego head. Um, yeah, we build a lot, and uh, we watch a lot of Star Wars together, which is fantastic. Oh, it's super cool. So my wife and I have a thing about Legos. We used to buy the sets of like, you know, like Slave One or a Star Wars kit or whatever, and she it would drive her nuts that the kids would make it once and then break it all apart. And then all those parts would go into the big bin. And I'm like, no, 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 that's Legos are there to be creative. It's not just to build the set. And she's like, build the set, and put it on the shelf. So where do you, as a Lego sort of like a connoisseur, where do you stand with that? Yeah, I don't like to, <laughs> I don't want to, I just keep it as pristine as I possibly can. Okay. And, uh, but, you know, we still, uh, and my daughter, all of her sets are pretty pristine, but we also do a lot of free builds. And so we have a lot of bulk, um, yeah. like, oh, and we're, I wish I would, I wish I could say that I'm more organized, um, and that we, you know, it's like we could find specific brick parts, but most of the time it's just, you know, we're just digging. That's um, cool though. That's so fun. 
Yeah, so it's something to do with a kid, and it's great, and we both have a passion for it. So, I have a friend who's got a garage full of Legos. I mean, literally, it's like a garage filled with Legos. It's it's incredible. This guy's a huge fan, so I, I, I get the obsession. By the way, before I forget, did you see the recent Apple Worldwide Developers Conference for the Lego AR that they're doing now? The augmented reality Lego? No, I haven't. Tell okay, me about it. so you 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 got to go online find it. So basically, you buy a Lego set that's like maybe one building or something, right? And then you hold up your iPhone, and it recognizes the Lego building that you built, and all these other buildings sprout up around it like a city. And then there's little animations. You can drop people in. You can drop a helicopter in. So you're on your phone looking at this Lego city that's there. Um that's augmenting the one building that you built. It's super cool. That's incredible. Yeah, the AR tech that Apple has, it's so... Like, AR is crazy, isn't it? The docents at Rancho, you know, you get your perks, and um, uh, every now and then um, you're invited to things that you would never be invited to if you didn't, if you didn't, if you weren't a part of Rancho. So we were lucky enough to go to Last Jedi, the world premiere of Last Jedi. Oh, wow which was bananas and so you know we're excited we're seeing everything and then um and then they said well you know and as you're leaving don't forget to to get your parting gift and so they gave um when we walked away they gave us this ar um dreadnought it's you know yay big or whatever um and but it's through Verizon, same situation. You know, you t- hold your phone up and it's, you know, uh, the Rebel Bombers coming down and the X-Wings, like, going after the Dreadnought. It was oh. pretty nice takeaway gift. And, yeah. I wow. Tra- great. Um, it's bananas. Like, when it comes to, like, fandom, I know that, you know, like, there's levels, obviously. And I know that I'm kind of, like, on the lower levels of fandom but i'm just lucky enough that uh, i don't know how it's kind of it's confusing to feel to be a part of rancho and um and kind of feel not worthy if that makes any sense i i i love the approach you take there i i would not say that you're on the lower levels of fandom though i mean come on you know you you how many of our listeners would love to be in your position to have that full-time job, right? So you you got the income and your spare time you get to spend as a tour guide, a docent at Rancho Obi-Wan. So let's talk about that a little bit because that's, I mean, there's only two or three people in the world that can say they are a tour guide for a Star Wars museum. How did this happen for you? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, I still kind of like, you know, you pinch yourself yeah. a lot. Um, you just feel really, really lucky. I mean, uh, what, what happened was, um, uh, a friend of mine who happens to be my, the principal at the school I used to work for, um, he and I caught wind of Rancho Obi-Wan just in the newspaper and we were looking for, um, auction items for a silent auction for our school garden. We were having this big event Great. and, uh, so I reached out to Rancho maybe a week before and said, hey, would you be willing to, to give a, a tour for four? And they said, of course. And so Anne, who's the um, general Anne, manager of Anne Rancho, Newman. incredible mm-hmm. lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she sent so she sent us the certificate. And so we went to that silent auction. And I said, Dave, we're going to win this. So 
Um, we we auction, you know, even though we got the auction item, we we won the auction item. Wait a minute, um, is that even legal? I don't care. <laughs> it, it worked out for you. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Um, we won the auction. Uh, we took our daughters, um, and uh, and that was it. And I was just like, this was incredible. And so for months and months and months, I was just that was all I was talking about. If if somebody was willing to listen to me talk about Rancho Obi-Wan, I was, I was ready to promote it. Um, and so um, we, we live in an area where there's a lot of fires. Uh, mm. So we went through, in 2015, we had the Valley Fire. Um, a lot of homes were lost. A lot of my friends don't have, uh, didn't have houses afterwards. A lot of my students didn't have houses mm. afterwards. Mm. We had uh, a, a, some friends that lost their homes, and their mother came to live uh, with them. And uh, she was a really big stars fan. And they said, hey, we want to do something for our mom. Is it cool if we send her to Rancho Obi-Wan? But we don't want to go, so will you go with her? I said, well, sure. So was, that was my second shot at going to Rancho. Went to Rancho. Had a great time. We went, Steve, was, Steve was then at that time giving tours. Um, and so Steve gave this very long tour and he said, Hey, you know, didn't I just see you a couple months ago? You know? Yes, you did. Uh, And, and, um, I don't know what happened, but Steve's back was bothering him. So I said, Hey, you know, um, let me send you some stretches. And so I just kind of reached out to them and talked to Ann and, Ann. I think I was just in the right place at the right time and said, Hey, you're an educator. We're thinking about doing some educational programs here at Rancho and, um, you seem really cool, and we're getting our docent program ready. Would you be interested? It was weird, you know. Like I, I, I don't know. Um, everybody that's at Rancho, all the docents that are at Rancho are are really different people, coming from different walks of life. Um, but and they're all fans. Um, but everybody's really, really cool and personable. And so I don't know. I mean, I think if the same thing happened again, you know, a year later, I there's no way I would have been a docent. Um, mm. but, uh, for whatever reason, I just, yeah, right place, right time. The vibe at Rancho Obi-Wan that is obviously, you know, set the tenor of that place is uh, of any business is set by the, the owner and the leadership there. And Steve Sansweet and Ann Newman, absolutely two of the most quality people. Yeah. So I, I mean, it, it's, it, it must've been so surreal for you to get that call or email that you just described like what just tell me how you were feeling when you read would you like to be a part of this docent program we're starting up yeah i i, I well ann actually spoke to me about it the the second time i came to visit and she's like hey you know we're, we're getting this started would you want to and i was like yeah absolutely and so i reached out and then um the head of the docents his name's lucas seastrom he works actually for fan relations at Lucasfilm. Oh. Uh, he reached out to me and said, hey, you know, are you interested? And so um, I was. Um, and, yeah, it's that was an incredible experience. Uh, that was um, something that's life-changing. And, um, yeah, I... Oh. I can't I can't begin to express the gratitude that I have to Anne, to 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 Steve, to to Lucas, to all those people that are willing to give me a shot and um and uh yeah, it's it's incredible. Very very cool. So, let's talk a little bit about Rancho Obi-Wan and your experience there. You've got to have a favorite piece. What what's mm. what's what's your favorite piece at Rancho? 
my favorite piece at Rancho, being a Lego head, is this little plastic um, cube that was given to collectors uh, during like the Yoda Chronicles, the Lego Yoda Chronicles. Yeah, yeah. A little picture of, um, it's actually a cube of, a minifigure of Yoda wearing a t-shirt that says, New York I love. <laughs> On he, he in New York City on Broadway and oh shoot I can't remember the other side this side the other cross street mm. but it's basically it's um it's a clue that they were going to build the world's largest X-wing fighter and so mm. uh, that's probably my favorite piece um, I have I have my own piece that there at, at Rancho is that the gold uh, sh- sh- which ship was it I can't remember was it a Falcon another one that's incredible it's the um, the UCS, uh, the 2003 UCS Millennium Falcon wow. um, that we got from uh, – ha- was it? Where was? Where did we get it from? I think we got it from Copenhagen. Um, the UCS's Ultimate Collector Series? Right, right, okay. right. The mm-hmm. series. And so, uh, yeah, he uh, that that's an incredible piece as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all gold. Um, and so that was – that's a, a beautiful piece. I I wouldn't mind having that in my collection. <laughs> yeah, that's gorgeous. Was it? Didn't it show up broken and into pieces? And Steve asked you to reassemble it or something. So um, that was kind of the thing. So I walked. Uh, it was it was maybe a month or so after the last Jedi premiere, and I went up to Steve and I said, "Man, like I can't really repay you." There's nothing that I can do. There's nothing I can say that can show the kind of gratitude that I have. Um, but I'm looking for ways to just say thank you. And he's, and Steve was like, Oh, well I got an idea. He's like, come this way. And so we went into the office and he shows me this big, huge wrapped, um, Millennium Falcon. It's wrapped and, you know, it's shrink wrapped, but it's destroyed. It's just mm. in bad shape. It didn't arrive in perfect condition. And he said, I need you to fix this. Which doesn't kind of feel to me like a way to repay. It's like, hey, yeah. you're a Lego head. Um, <laughs> I want to fix this, and it was yeah. So that was really great. I got to spend some great time with that Falcon and really look at it and really hate it at the same time. <laughs> it's a really weird build, but um, but yeah, that was pretty cool. Well, that's good management on his part. You want to set your staff up for success, right? Set them up with stuff you know they're gonna. They're going to excel in, and they do a fantastic job with that. That's great. Yeah. So, so is there a piece at Rancho that you've seen that no one else has seen, or that maybe nobody, not very few people have seen? And I ask that because when we did our tour with you, mm-hmm. we saw a lot, but there was yeah. also I could tell there was a lot that we skipped. That you know, there's a lot of little back corners, and I'm trying to peer around the the aisles, and there's stuff back there, and I'm dying to go back there. You know, is there anything that 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 you for some reason haven't shown that you think is really cool that I missed? Uh, yeah, there's a <laughs> lot. <laughs> there's there's there is um there is a section at Rancho uh that um I'm not really at liberty to talk about. Oh. I think I could talk to you about it off, off, off. You know. All right. Okay. Done. All right. Save it for save it for the post show conversation. But yeah, there's certain pieces like like there's certain Lego pieces obviously that are there. Um, there's um, yeah, there's some there's an, there's just a lot of incredible pieces. But you know, to be honest with you, they do so much um, revision to the museum. I mean, we're constantly retooling it and trying to make it better. Like this year, 
they brought what they did at Anaheim Celebration, and then they, you know, the bedroom, the, uh, yeah. the Star Wars bedroom. They brought that to to the museum to just, you know, the the new BB-8 display, all these other kinds of uh, so cool. Yeah, they're just so it's it's constantly being retooled, and so what the neat thing about Rancho is that when you come back, you do see something different every single time. There's always something new. Yeah. So, but yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff that's there that uh, <sighs> it's behind the scenes. All right, I'm gonna hold you to that when we're done with this episode. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll stop. We'll stop. All right. Um. All right. Now I have to ask about now. We, I, I know we both agree that Anne and Steve are wonderful people, and Anne certainly has been so kind to me and to my family. Um, and we're we're going up this coming weekend. I think you and I talked. I know I'm going to miss you by a day. I think I'm giving a tour Friday, and yep. you're Saturday. Is that right? Today? Yeah, we can't. the The kids are. I have to work, and so we're driving up and back to to drop something off with them. But, but I, I you know, is Steve as cool a guy as he seems? I mean, yeah. is he is he is he really like a mean, angry dictator in real life? <laughs> no, no, yeah. Steve, Steve is a big... no, he's... <laughs> actually he's an incredible person, uh, the most yeah. giving soul that you can meet. You know, when you're the biggest Star Wars collection collector in the world, you kind of would think that like you might have some weird kind of social graces, or there might be something a little bit off with you. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, there really isn't with Steve. Um, he's the most personal guy you could ever meet, you know. Um, yeah, maybe his desk is a little messy. And maybe, yeah, he's kind of buried in Star Wars stuff from time to time. I mean, but, he, you know, deep down, he's just an incredible person. And yeah. um, that's why he's loved by so many people. It's because I think a lot of Star Wars collectors covet so much. Yeah. And they're so protective of their collection. And, um, you know, keep it under lock and key and everything. And... And Steve is absolutely the opposite of that. It's like, I have all this stuff. It needs to be shared with the world. And so that's the thing about Rancho is that, like, Rancho has become bigger than Steve, than Anne, than all of us. It's, yeah. you know, it's we're talking about the, the Star Wars legacy that it's, you know, it's it's there for everybody. It's Mecca. It's, it's Mecca for Star Wars fans. Every Star Wars fan needs to go and at least once in their life. I mean, it really is a special, special place run by really cool people. And yeah. uh, it, it's so it was so cool for me to be able to like confirm all that, you know, because I had heard about it on other podcasts and um, other shows and checked it out online. I became a, a benefactor, um, which is cool. not expensive, by the way. It's only $45. I mean, to, to, to help preserve this legacy that is star Wars for 45 bucks a year for a, a, a tax write off. I mean, it's, it's like nothing. It's, it's so worth it. So um, definitely encourage all of our listeners to, to think about doing that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I, I love giving those tours and it never gets old. I, I think, yeah, I mean, you've been on the tours, so you know that we have like some reveals uh, mm. that, you know, we kind of keep things kind of, it's fun. Yeah, and then when we open those doors, you, you see you see fifty year old men turn eight again, <laughs> and that's what's that's such. It's so amazing. It's just like the most incredible thing you can ever see, and it's um, it never gets old. So I I want to talk about one part of the tour that got that like had me like giggling out loud like a schoolboy, and I took a picture at this place with my buddy Chris. Um, so I don't know. Do you want to do do? Is it okay if I reveal the hallway? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so 
you know, you, you come to the end of the tour, what you think is the end of the tour, and a, another section opens of this really cool, and I don't know how to describe the part right before the hallway, but it's kind of like the high-end stuff. Like the 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 original Boba Fett with rocket launchers. We uh, call that the treasure room. The treasure room. Okay, all right. So just beyond the treasure room, there's like a black curtain, and you and they, you know, it's the the drama is built up expertly by Mark and and the other staff there, and it opens up, and there's steps up, and you step up into the hallway of the Tanti Four. It's so bitching, yeah. and it's so the the difference between this dark treasure room and the glistening white hallway i had like a little mini meltdown it was like oh my god you know it's so cool i love the way that you guys did do that so fun yeah you know uh you know and again that's all steve you know that's his vision you know um the tantive floor was put together by the r2 builders um oh. guild and um they they gifted that to steve oh, and wow. he was like this has to become a part of rancho and so with a little bit of um, engineering and hard work, they yeah, they made that happen. That's fantastic. I was not a part of that when when that happened. I wish I was. Okay, okay. Well, it's so cool. It's so cool. Um, Mark, I wanted to get uh, talking to you a little bit about the recent films. Um, we, you know, one of the things we we talk to our guests about specifically is their feelings about the last Jedi. We we on the show. If I know you listen to the show, we're a little bit split on it. Um, and we're still trying to work our way through it. We've got some on the show that love the movie, others that refuse to buy the Blu-ray and wish it was like erased from Star Wars altogether. I was, I was listening the other day about that. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, that's Scott. And then um, Nico on the show is holding judgment until uh, until he sees episode nine. And I am I'm doing some serious soul searching about this. Like, I kind of feel like... I lost my dad when I was young. Luke was a hero for me, and to see him behave the way that he behaved in that film was a, sh- a shock to the system, to say the least. And so I'm still processing it. So I'd love to know what what do you feel about the Last Jedi? What was your initial reaction, and has it changed over time? Yeah. Okay. So the first time I saw the Last Jedi, it was really weird. It was like, what did I just see? Mm. What just happened? Um, and I, you know, I was trying to be as watchful as I possibly could. And so, you know, obviously the scene where Luke, Luke, you know, becomes one with the forest and seeing how like, um, Ryan Johnson was trying to connect the twin sons, uh, Tatooine, um, you know, and I, I kind of felt like, okay, that was an okay way to go. You know, he sacrificed himself. But I think the thing that was tough for me was, um, you know, growing up thinking that Luke Skywalker was the greatest Jedi of all time, um, that he was even greater than Yoda. And The Last Jedi kind of negates that a little bit. It's almost like maybe he's not the one. Um, Mm. But, uh, you know, and, you know, I kind of feel like, uh, you know, becoming a Jedi is... Um, a lot like Buddhism and um, always kind of working towards enlightenment and um, not thinking of oneself and um, being okay with who you are and the mistakes that you've made. And so I guess that was kind of something that I have a difficult time with was, was that um, Luke basically 
shuts out the force and says, uh, look at all the terrible things that I've done, but doesn't take a step back and say, like, the mistakes that I've made have actually kind of um, have brought Ray to the front um, that have kind of made the force even better. So I'm not really sure. You know, I think um, kind of like Luke in a midlife crisis, right? I think that's yeah. kind of about it. Um, and I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how they deal with Luke in nine. If he's going to become a force ghost, if he's going to be something else. But um, in the end, I thought it was amazing. I love the force. I love uh, the last Jedi. I thought um, Ryan Johnson was told to, to take risks, and he did exactly that. I think it's tough for fans to to get angry about that. I think that's what we wanted. We wanted them to say, "Do something that's not Star Wars." Yeah. You know, I think that was the big thing about the Force the Force Awakens, right? It was like, "Oh, it's too derivative. It's all this whatever." And then all of a sudden, it's like, "Okay, well, we're gonna flip the script." And now you've got all these fanboys that are going <laughs> man babies to use Ryan Johnson's term. Yeah. yeah, but you know, maybe Ryan Johnson needs to be careful about what he says. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. We were talking a little bit on the pre-show about Chuck Wendig and his comments, uh, Star Wars author who called uh, a group of Star Wars fans. Sh- I think he said shitty Star Wars fans. You know, fans are fans. They're gonna have opinions, and um, you know, if if somebody's uh, angry or not happy with the film that's okay that's who you are and i'm gonna embrace you no matter what you know we'll we'll do better the next time and so right so hopefully nine that's what's gonna happen with nine but well i kind of uh, i kind of feel like that's how ryan was taking it initially and then you know the stuff with kelly marie tran is happening and by the way i should mention we're recording this show on june 11th 2018 and just last week kelly marie tran just essentially dropped herself out of social media and I think she was a reluctant participant to begin with, but you know she was essentially bullied offline. And you know Chuck Wendig has been very vocal about these Star Wars fans, or these fans that call themselves Star Wars fans, and and they behave almost like white supremacists. I mean, it's just it's despicable and disgusting. Is I heard there was some uh, <clears throat> Star Wars group that took responsibility. For Kelly Marie Tran, that was, you're kidding like, me. Yes, we did this. This is we've taken responsibility for you know, getting Kelly Marie Tran off the, uh, you know. And they're holding it as a badge of honor. Yeah, it's oh. bananas. It's crazy. So you know, there's fans. They, they you know, and I have, I have, um, I know some people that are like, I didn't go see Solo because of what they did to the Last Jedi. Yeah. Or I think that's bananas. I think um, they're getting involved and. Waters they shouldn't be going into. So maybe, maybe fine. so, but it's it's a double-edged sword, right? Because if you don't say anything, you know, are you contributing to the problem by staying silent? Um, so I, I kind of understand Chuck Wendig's take. I may not have gone at it the way he went at it, but um, I understand the sentiment. These assholes that bully anyone. I mean, Star Wars fan or not, no one deserves to be bullied that way. Um, so he called a spade a spade and kind of good for him. I'm proud of him for calling it out. I'm proud of him for calling it out. I kind of feel like maybe it should have been more of a top-down approach there. You know, maybe Kathy Kennedy needs to step up and say, hey, this isn't going to happen. Which they have been totally silent, which is, to me, is the bigger problem. Like Lucasfilm, I agree, totally 100%. Lucasfilm needs to step up and condemn this stuff. I think I was listening. Um, I was listening to RFR, and they were saying mm-hmm. something along the lines of that maybe um, 
there needs to be something um, where if you are a member of Lucasfilm or whatever, you need to be careful about the things coming out of your mouth. You know, yeah, they need to. They, I think they need to be saying something. They need to be saying we're not going to put up with this. You know? Yeah, Jimmy was suggesting a policy around social media use with with Lucasfilm employees and and contractors, and I certainly would agree with that approach as well. Um, what did you think of Solo? By the way, changing gears to a, a happier topic. What what did you like the movie? I loved Solo. I thought it was fantastic. I saw it for the fourth time yesterday. <laughs> awesome. The drive-ins. It was pretty rad. Nice. Uh, you know, I think um, when it comes to the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi, I never really felt like they nailed Chewie, yeah. and I felt like they got Chewie perfectly in Solo. And I don't know if that's because. Like the look of Chewie, just I felt was perfect. Like I was like, okay, it's back to OT. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. say what you will about the other Wookies that were in the film, but they got Chewie. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I think, um, and he played such a pivotal role in the film. I love that. I like the fact that maybe there isn't a life debt. You know, maybe it's maybe it's kind of a partnership now. Um, right. I love that. Uh, I thought. Um, I could have gone either way with Lady Proxima. Um, um, mm-hmm. I, my only kind of real issue with the film itself was how dark it was. I think um, a lot of people have said that. Literally couldn't see it. You know, like uh, for you know the beginning part where they're on Corellia, so dark. It was like hard to see what was going on. Um, the train sequence was dark. Um, and so there, you know, and I have friends that are telling me, well, that was the point, right? It's supposed to be dark and then it kind of brightens up and gets kind of more positive, but I don't know. I don't buy it. I just felt like it was, maybe I saw it in a shitty theater and it was just, you know, the bad projection or whatever. But, um, I really felt like that was the only thing, but everything else I loved. I love Kira Amelia Clark. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. She's just, you can't, ta- I, I, I can't, I'll, I won't speak for you. I'll say I can't take my eyes off her when she's on oh, screen. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And Lando, I mean, Lando, I mean, I mean, I was surprised at how little Lando was a part of the film, to be on- honest with you, you know, given the trailers and everything that was going with it, it was like Lando, 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 Childish Gambino everywhere. Right. You know, just, uh, and he was great in it, but I mean, this was Alden's film. I mean, this, and um, I, 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 I've heard some people say that they weren't big fans of Alden, but I kind of, you know, I mean, other than the fact that you know he put his hands on his hips a lot, I thought, he was, <laughs> I thought he was great. Nico brought up the same issue. Every every promotional picture they have with him, he's he's got these hands on his belt. You know, that's funny. Cool, but like you know, <clears throat> but it like it was neat. Um, I love the scene when they come back to the yacht and um you know beckett basically says keep your head down and don't look at anybody <laughs> right literally and he does and so like he's keeping his head down he's just like this naive kind of punk and then all of a sudden he sees kira and then everything changes. yeah 30 seconds later kira walks up um yeah you're not going to keep your head down do we drink that was cool um yeah that was yeah. neat I agree with everything you said. I, you know, did you when you you mentioned uh, Lady Proxima? Uh, my yeah. first thought was that's a huge Dianoga. Yeah. Did you right? think that as well? Yeah, I thought it was a huge Dianoga. There's also um, it kind of also looked like uh, like a piece from the Dejeric table. Oh. Uh, yeah. So if like you go back and look at it, it I didn't realize that. Like, uh, I don't. I think it's not the same thing, but it looks hella similar. Yeah. So. 
That scene in particular was dark, I know, because they were, you know, she's allergic to the sunlight or whatever, you know, and he throws the the rock. Okay, and so here's one more little critique. And again, this is so small, was Moloch, right, has got his pistol on Han, ready to pull the trigger, right? And so here's this rock, and he's using his mouth to kind of trigger the thermal... (laughs) Right, and then he has the opportunity to to basically pull back and throw and break, you know, break the window to bring the light in. To me, it was more along the lines of like, you don't have the time for that. You're gonna get shot. <laughs> right. But anyway, people told me that was ridiculous. <laughs> well, it certainly was fun. I my overall all feeling was that I left the theater happy. And the last time I saw a Star Wars movie, the first time in the theater, I was not happy. And so I was glad to get back to like feeling good about Star Wars. And it's a good, fun summer movie solo. Now, were you one of those guys that like kind of like you saw it the first time and you're like, whoa. We're talking about Last Jedi now. Yeah. Where it was like, I saw it. Like, what happened? I'm going to go see it again. And and then it made more sense to you uh, a little. Yes, um, the first time I walked out, I, I swear this is true. I walked out of that theater, and and half my family of five was like, "Oh my god, that was so fun!" And my daughter and I looked at each other, like, and she literally said, "What the hell was that?" My my sixteen year old, seventeen year old, and I said, "This movie is going to split Star Wars fans." I really and, did. And I was I, I it was one of the few times I've been a, a prophet because literally fifty fifty um from fans I've spoken to either and it's very polarizing, right? There's not many fans that are just kinda like, eh, about it. They're either like it or they don't. It's interesting. You know, and you wonder if it's the sign of the times. Yeah. You know, you mm-hmm. wonder if it's just like that's what America is right now is you either hate the movie or you love the movie. You know, um you can't say that you hate Black Panther. You can't say that you hate Infinity Wars, um, but when it comes to the Last Jedi, that's kind of the thing. It's like, what side are you choosing? Mm. You can't middle of the road, uh, which I think is frustrating. Uh, I think that's kind of what America is right now. It's like you have to choose a side. You can't be the middle. You know, we we hint at politics quite a bit on the show, as you know, and um, we one of these days we need to do a politics in and Star Wars show and just lay it all out. Yes, there's a lot yeah. there. What does Padme say? This is what this is. This is how democracy dies. Yes. <laughs> oh God. Hey, Mark. This has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate your time, man. And uh, it's late on a Monday night, and you're on vacation. You still block the time for me, and and uh, dude, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And it's um, yeah, anytime. I'd love to chat again, and I, I I hope you come back to Rancho. And I really encourage all of you guys to you know be a part of the gala. Um, that's one of the most incredible uh, things at Rancho. Um, every early November, uh, we have a great um, huge party at Rancho. It's, inc- it's super fun. Um, sometimes you might even run into run into some famous people. Like I know Dave Filoni's been there from time yeah. to time. And, yeah. And uh, great auction. Uh, I know they're gonna give. I know one of the auction items is gonna be a Death Trooper helmet from the Nissan Rogue One kind of thing. So that'll be. Oh, cool. I've seen that helmet. Is that actually in the museum right now? Yes. So we have. The, there's the prototype, and then okay. Steve and 
were lucky enough to actually get a Rogue One. Oh, yeah. that yeah, she she it was parked out next to the next to the museum when we were there. They have the vehicles, and um, and so the extra helmet they're gonna put up for. Oh, that's super cool. That's awesome. So when do you have a date on that, or is it just sometime in November? I do. I think it's. Some, I mean, I do, but. Uh, that's okay. Well, we'll be promoting it as it gets closer, but uh, absolutely, that would be great to come up and see you. And you know, there's a lot of good breweries around Petaluma, Mark, so um, I'm going to have to buy you a pint for coming on the show. Oh, cool. Where are we going? <laughs> Pick the place, man. I'm there. I want to go to Hen House. I've heard a lot of great things about a Hen House. I've yet to all right, okay. Uh, that's follow-up interview, Hen House. Yeah, that'd be fun, Petaluma, right? that would be great. Maybe we'll do it for, in November. Oh, my gosh. That'd be great. All right, cool. Mark Morita, French Obi-Wan, thanks so much for being on the show. Steve, appreciate it. Bye, everybody.